Giuliani Show. This is Rudy Giuliani, and welcome to the Rudy Giuliani Show. And thank you very much uh, for tuning in. We are playing um, an unbelievably horrible game with these homeless people, aren't we? And the reality is there's only one answer to it, and that answer is not forthcoming. I mean, we'll go, we'll go into the different elements of the problem. And is it Biden's fault? Is it, is it in case of New York City? Is it Adam's fault, which he seems to be trying to rectify uh, without necessarily admitting that he was wrong? But that's hard for a politician to do. He seems to be trying as hard as he can to dig himself out of the hole. But it's the hole he created for himself that Biden filled up for him. Let's put it that way. Um, you have to stop them at the border. This is not rocket science. The solution isn't rocket science. The conceptual solution, which I used to reach to these problems, sitting around a table with a group of experts, right? You toss it around, you try to figure out the problem, and then you try to figure out the solution. So what's the solution to this problem? This one does not take a great deal of intellect, a great deal of thought. It doesn't take an, take an awful lot of technology. It takes something called just a teeny bit of common sense. The people are coming over the border in record numbers, in numbers we have never seen before. They have slowed down somewhat, but they're still coming over in Disturbing numbers, even with the slowdown, because they only slowed down about half. But there's the fear that they're waiting on the other side, large numbers of them, but we know they are, uh, to try to figure out how to play the new system. And if, in fact, if they come over, will Biden really throw them out? Because... This is a little hard to understand, so I'll go through it a little bit slowly, and then you call and tell me if you picked it up or have any confusion with it. On the issue of asylum, which is the way many of them come in, the new law requires them to raise asylum before they come to the United States. The United States is going to set up centers near the border. Whether they have them there on time or not, I don't know. I tend to imagine, like everything else they do, there'll be chaos for a while because they're terrible managers. But in any event, when it's working, instead of coming over the border, you go to the center, you give them your name, you're not supposed to wait more than a day or two, and they'll make a preliminary determination as to whether you're entitled to asylum. And then if you are, they will let you in and you'll get set up for a hearing and essentially, you'll be in because you're hearing you'll be five years from now. However, if they decide that you're not entitled to an abortion, uh, an abortion, you're not entitled to come in, and you're not entitled to asylum, not abortion, asylum, uh, you have to come in, you have to leave, and you have to go through the regular visa process like everyone else. Now, there's the big question. Those people are very close to the border. 
those people have their Mexican cartels available. There's no real sense that we're going to up our border patrol, so it'll be just as easy to get in then uh, as it was, I mean, get in now as it was then, and they should be able to just come right over the border. But then when they get caught, they are going to be presumed not to be entitled to asylum. Now, there's the rub. It's a it's a uh, rebuttable presumption that they're not entitled to asylum, rebutted by evidence they can present. So now this is all in the prejudice of the hearing officer, or what Biden tells the hearing officer to do, or the or or, or the department. If he's willing to take almost any stupid excuse. Well, we haven't changed anything. The guys just let in. The woman's let in, and they're put on parole for five years later, and we've got the same number of people in as we do before. If he actually sends them back, then maybe we'll have some kind of a control over part of it. This will affect about a third. It's not going to affect the rest because it seems to me we're not doing the one thing that would stop it, which is to patrol the border. There's a picture today in the Post that tells the whole story. Biden said he was going to put troops down there. Everybody said, oh, wow, that's great. He'll, they'll stop the people from coming in. Well, we covered this on my show, Uncovering the Truth, with Dr. Ryan, and she said the troops are not going down there. It says it in the small print. They're not going down there to stop the people from coming in. They're helping with the movement. In other words, they're going to become ushers to make it easier to get into the United States, to, 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 to reduce the chaos. Now, if you go to, oh, about page four or five of the post, you'll see a picture. It's a full-page picture. And you'll see a group of, uh, a large group, really, of uh, migrants, illegal migrants, right on the other side of the fence. The next thing you see is you see a soldier approach a gate. The soldier opens the gate, and the people start to come in. And some of them even come back who have passed the gate to come in. So she basically is doing what Biden did at the Democratic Convention, She's his surrogate. She's inviting the illegals into the United States. Now, these people should have gone to a center and presented their credentials. Well, they obviously, they either have and don't care or they're just coming in. But why, in, 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 any, in any case, she's opening the gate. So now you see why the soldier was sent there. This is the kind of deception the kind of lies, the kind of idiocy this communist government puts us through. There's the soldier intended to keep out the illegal migrants. She is the one who opens the door and lets them come in to the country. This is like January 6th, isn't it? It's like the two people standing in front of Nancy Pelosi's office, theoretically protecting it. When the Antifa guy comes up to them, these two guys, six foot two or more, abandoned the post. 
go back uh, with a group of other cops and watch as the two guys try to smash the door in. And then they shoot and kill Ashley Babbitt because they lift her up and she's above the transom. And for some reason, he knows that's where to shoot. He shoots and kills her. He shoots and kills her for doing what the two police officers just allowed the two people down below to do. If, uh, if she had gone up and asked them, can I break in? They would have said yes to her too, right? Unless they ha- were getting money from that guy. Or Remember, just like this woman who's supposed to be guarding the border, these people, these people must be like confused as hell. It's supposed to be illegal to come into the United States and, and a soldier just opened the gate? I don't even know. Since this is not a crime that requires knowledge and intent, you don't have to prove it. But if it did, you'd say they'd have no reason to believe at this point it's illegal. They were invited in by the United States military. This is extraordinary. Look at the picture. Look at the picture. It's worth a thousand words. And then go back and look at some of the pictures that we were able to sneak out about 9-11, and you will see people being invited in, some of whom got arrested after they were invited in. And they did nothing more after they got invited in. And somebody got killed as a result of it. Again, the crowd is in front of Pelosi's office. It's unclear whether they want to smash in. They don't want to smash. They probably wanted to get in, right? There are two very large police officers standing at the door. I do not believe the crowd could have overtaken them. They were big guys. The crowd did not look to me like insurrectionists. They didn't have guns. They were disorganized. They were sloppy. Uh, Right behind them was a group of cops that could have gotten them from the rear, right in front of them were a group of cops that have come through the door and gotten them from the front. They were surrounded in a small area. It would have been easy to, easy to take them on. These guys want to get in. So they go up to the cop, and they ask the two cops to move from the door that they're guarding. And the two cops voluntarily move about 10 feet away and observe as the two guys, one of whom is identified as an Antifa guy, not a proud boy, not a whatever, an Antifa guy, they begin smashing the door open with a bat and a helmet. And then all of a sudden you see a gun, and out of nowhere Ashley Babbitt's body is elevated quite a bit above them. And the officer, rather than shooting down at the two people breaking in, shoots up, seems to know that he has to shoot up, gets a clean shot on Ashley Babbitt and kills her. And again, theoretically, as she'd gone up to the two cops and just said, can I break in with the boys? It would seem to me, unless he wanted a, you know, a sex discrimination case, he was going to have to let her do it. He let the boys do it. This is insane. This administration has trashed any semblance of law. And when we talk about securing the border, that's one thing. Biden doesn't just not secure the border. He invites people in to come over the border illegally and assist them in doing it. That's his government policy. And um, and I think Adams made a 
stupendous mistake, one of the biggest in New York history, when he made us like a super sanctuary city. Go to go to clip. Well, when we come back, we'll do it, and we'll take a short break, and we'll we'll give you a little brief analysis of how this happened, and and maybe how we can get out of it. The former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. So let's listen to Rudy Giuliani back again on um, uh, our the Rudy Giuliani show. And I, I want to play for you uh, how this really started uh, for Adams. Now, Biden, Biden at the uh, Democratic convention in uh, August, September of 2020, uh, before the culmination of his many promises to the illegals inducing him to come, like, well, we'll take care of health insurance, uh, we'll make sure you go to school. Uh, at some point, he offered college education, that probably was a little later, uh, welfare, COVID money. But here's, here's, um, here's Eric Adams in September of 2022, not a long time ago, uh, kind of illustrating the position he took, which is that New York will be a Sanctuary City on Steroids. This is Cut 31. Oh, I'm sorry, 31. You pledged uh, during your campaign to uh, keep New York City a sanctuary a city. Uh, do you have any concern that that, that policy uh, is, 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 for, is attracting more people to the border, more people to cross the border to make that dangerous oh. trip? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, this city has always been a sanctuary city, and we've always managed those who wanted to come to uh, New York City to pursue the American dream. Well, I mean, he's changed his mind. <laughs> he's changed his mind quite substantially uh, now. Now, uh, from from then, uh, let's um, Let's hear him now uh, just the other day on Fox 5 with Rosanna Scotto. This is five, number five. Where the heck is the president of the United States? Uh, That that is a good question. And I think we all should be asking, uh, why is this happening to a city that was turning itself around and will continue to do so? Uh, This should not be happening to New York City, Chicago, Los Angeles, and the other big northern cities. And really, it should not be happening to El Paso or Brownsville, Texas. No city should be carrying this burden. This is a national problem, and it needs a national solution. Of course, uh, Eric, if you hadn't illustrated our position as the most generous sanctuary city, New York City would not be carrying the heaviest burden. Okay, that's water under the bridge. It appears to me, and I haven't heard the quote, I've been looking for it, but someone told me you've abandoned the sanctuary city situation. If you have, that's progress. And don't feel bad, we all make mistakes. The more we keep doing them, though, the more we compound those mistakes. So you've got the chance to... Uh, begin the reversal of this. And because if New York says no to this, it's going to be tough for Biden to continue to just let people come in and come in and come in and let and let um, uh, Border Patrol do what that lady did or soldiers and open the gate to basically become an usher. I mean, she wasn't even collecting tickets from the cartels. My goodness, they used to at least do that. Well, 
it's going to require the president of the United States stepping up or somebody on his behalf uh, uh, doing it to straighten out this problem with all of the rhetoric and everything else. What the mayor can contribute is to stop making it attractive to come to New York. He should set a limit and that should be it. And beyond that, he should bust him out, bust him to Kamala Harris. Let her handle it. A lot better than city of New York having to handle it. And particularly if you withdraw the, the sanctuary city thing, you withdraw a lot of the case that's made against you. I mean, that's what gave Abbott the opening to basically give you what for him is a small number of migrants. I mean, thousands instead of 100,000 or 200 or whatever number they have to deal with. So I think you're in the right direction by uh, trying to redefine that statement. And now the question is, is there any way to get any kind of common sense into uh, Biden's head or the head of the communists that are around around him? Uh, let's go to. Um, oh, let's go to a break and then we're going to go to I was going to your question. Then we'll go to your questions. OK. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Welcome back. We're ready to go with the second half of the show, and I thought maybe we would start. We'll start with uh, Moshe in Queens. Hey, hey, Mr. Mayor, how are you? I'm good, Moshe. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, So I saw that that you you were in the news recently in regards to this um, staffer aide that said that that you said some anti-Semitic remarks against us with Passover being three thousand years old. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, this is not the mayor that I know. It isn't um, the mayor, you know. <laughs> the, the mayor, the mayor that I know is a deeply religious person. Um, I think you're you're Catholic, right? I'm Catholic. Uh... I'm Catholic, and I, I I would kid around and tell people I'm half Jewish because if you're the mayor of New York, you have to be half Jewish. That's right. And, <laughs> and, and Christianity is two thousand. Oh, years look, old. I have no I have no problem with this. When you're not something, you don't get overly like when they call me racist. I laugh. I laugh at it. There, there, I am. There's nothing racist about me. Nothing. Any. I I was brought up both by my family and by my education and by my friends to judge people for who they are. And then as a prosecutor, I found bad people and good people in every group. And I never found a tremendous disproportion. I never found that, you know, proportionally there were more bad people who were one religion or another or race. We all are afflicted with some real creeps and most people are good people. So, and of course, it's ridiculous to say this because everybody says it who's accused. But I grew up in a neighborhood that was Irish and, and Jewish. All my friends were Irish and Jewish. And I feel like I'm one third of each of them. So it's jerky. I mean, and, I, and the, the thing that was, I happen to think I'm a traditionalist by nature, very strongly a traditionalist. 
I love the idea that the Passover is 3,000 years old. I think traditions that are 3,000 years old, whether they're Jewish traditions or Catholic traditions or government traditions, those are wonderful things. I mean, they, they bring us back to our roots uh, to, have so, to have a practice that you follow for 3,000 years. That boy is powerful. So I never would have said anything like that. But the thing is filled with, the thing is filled with garbage. Uh, it was filed about originally about three months ago, but it was thrown out because it was almost in, insufferably impossible to read. And then it was refiled, written much better by a law firm that somebody must have paid and all of a sudden had a lot of attacks on Donald Trump. So I figure there's got to be a political angle to this thing. Plus, it is very largely untrue. And uh, just to correct the record, she was never a staffer, never really a worker. And she has a history of suing rich men for money. And I don't know why she thinks I fit in that category, but uh, and she's she's unfortunately always gotten settlements, so it's spoiled her. Uh, she's claimed two prior rapes and never, ever gotten a police test for rape. She may have contributed three or, or said three. And then the funny thing is in a, in the lawsuit with her last uh, boyfriend, who, by the way, is very open to discussing it fully, uh, who who was Jewish and parents were Holocaust survivors, I think she accused him of being anti-Semitic. <laughs> she did. And also, uh, when they gave her a psychiatric test, she claimed that the psychiatrist sexually abused her. So uh, either this woman is, you know, is gets sexually abused, you know, every other day, or this is the way she makes her money. I think it's the latter. She's also was accused by her prior boyfriend. This is all in the. This is all public information. This is all in an article in the Post in 2016. Uh, he he um, he says that she that he found out that she was basically uh, you know when she needed money she acted as an escort. She's also been excluded from some hotels for that purpose. So that's what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with a professional. Uh, uh, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. And it's a tragedy that she let herself be used like this for political purposes. But, but it's not the worst thing they've done. And it's not going to be the most diff- difficult thing to, to uh, defeat. So let's go to, uh, let's go to uh, Jim. In Manhattan. Hello, Mayor. How are you, Jim? Mayor, you're the anti-Semitic mayor who kicked Yasser Arafat out of Lincoln Center. Uh, yeah, I, you're right. I, right. I'm, I'm, I'm anti-Semitic, but I threw Arafat out. Right, that was an anti-Semitic action on <laughs> right. your part. And I vis- the only place I visited when I was mayor was Israel, and I went there when they were under attack. Yeah, I even I mean, volunteered. Your record to, is very clearly clean on that charge. Yeah, I um, know. It's the most ridiculous thing to pick. And but I remember, and she and she had accused her Jewish boyfriend of being anti-Semitic. Like a weird weird lady, but you know, man, I just to say that two years ago you had that bogus breaking and entering by the Biden administration, and the people in New York supported you then, and they support you now against this con job. Yeah, and lawsuit. isn't that nice? I mean, they turned out to be right. 
Yeah, and we support you now against this bogus lawsuit. And I'm wondering which drem- demo- rich, rich Democratic donor is paying this lady's I rent. I don't know, but I, I, there's no doubt there was a total difference in the way it was approached. And somebody got involved, and it has to be. I, I know the public relations guy is a big Democrat. Now, when does a person like this get a public relations guy? But in any, any event, the papers are so damn unfair. Like, they print her allegation, but they don't print the story in the Post about how she's, according to her ex-boyfriend, made a, has made a profession of doing this. Well, the, they, no, everybody. I think everybody's pretty clear now that the media is biased, and and if you, yeah. you can't you can't trust most of the media if you don't know that now you haven't got half a brain. You're right, and and I have to tell you, if this had happened like four or five years ago, I'd probably be all upset. And da, 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 da. I've been through so much, my friend. This is this is the least of uh, this one is really purely stupid. I have people calling me, telling me things about her that I don't really need to know. I mean, she obviously has quite a history, and it's a shame. I mean, it's a shame. It was just stupid for her to do it, and she's getting herself used by somebody, but that's not my problem. So let's go to let's go to Robert in Suffolk County. Hi, Mr. Mayor. Hey, Robert. It is Sanctuary City, a legal fiction. I cannot find anything to support this designation. Well, you're a good lawyer, my friend. There is no such thing as a sanctuary city, completely illegal. Sanctuary or anything. (laughs) It it basically says that, but it says is we're going to, there are certain areas we're going to carve out and we're not going to follow the law. Now, some of them, you know, when this first started, way back, Ed Koch did this, and I agreed with this. Way back when we had illegal immigration in the 80s, and these were mostly Mexicans who were coming over to work. And the truth is, they were less uh, inclined to be criminals than our own people. So they weren't like a criminal problem. They were a bit of an economic problem, right? Yes. So, so Koch was faced with three, 400,000 illegals. I was the U.S. attorney at the time, and I was in charge of immigration even before that. And I knew that New York um, extradites no more than 3,000. That's all we can extradite, about 3,000 a year. So that means no matter what the mayor does, he's going to have 400,000 illegals, right? He, can't, he doesn't have the capacity to throw them out. The government can only throw out 3,000. So Koch came up with a common sense policy, which he was good at. He said, look, I got them here. If they commit crimes, I'm going to prosecute them. I'm going to give them to immigration and throw them out. If I find out they're drug dealers or I have criminal records, I'm going to turn them over and get rid of them. But if they want to put their kid in school, I'm not going to ask. Because I want the kids in school. I don't want them running around the street. That's going to cause more of a problem. If they get seriously injured and need medical assistance, emergency medical assistance, I'm going to give it to them. I'm not going to let them die. And finally, if they want to report real criminals in their neighborhood, I want them. I want their help. Because if they can report real criminals, next time that criminal is going to go after a citizen. Next time an illegal. Next time a... So he, he carved out those three areas. The federal government, Reagan was the president. He was fairly friendly with Reagan, and Reagan agreed with it. The federal government never challenged it. As the years go by and the progressives come in, now it becomes we give them welfare. We give them jobs. We, don't, we never turn them in, even when they commit crimes. 
we, we don't let them know when we catch drug dealers. Uh, it became, it's what I call, you know, sanctuary city on steroids. So you, you could disagree with the first one. But when they, when they, when they talk about uh, mayors in the 70s or the 80s and the 90s having sanctuary cities, some pretty darn good mayors, even me, it's very different than what they're talking about now. I aggressively turned in all criminals that I found, whether they were sanctuary city, whether they were illegals or not. And, um, but I wasn't, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to keep the kids on the street and not have an education. There are 50,000 of them. Imagine what would happen in New York. So this sensible program of some exceptions to the law, the way a prosecutor has prosecutorial discretion became sort of like a brag program. You just don't enforce the law at all. And then you start to get, uh, you start to get full of yourself about it. And you start advertising it, and then you get the problem that Adams created by, you know, telling people this is a great place to come. We give you more than anybody else. Uh, Koch was always very, very good at trying to minimize that, and I sort of borrowed that from him: how to minimize it so that we didn't. Of course, we got illegals, but never more than. I'd say we got less than our fair share. Given the given the uh, centrality of New York, uh, how about Paula in New Jersey? Yes. Uh, good afternoon, Mayor. Uh, I have something that I would like to ask you because you're a security expert. Sure. Thank um, you. Yes. Um, in the Middle East, it is very very common for the Palestinians and. Uh, their military tactics to use schools as human shields uh, in order to hide. Good point, yes, yes. Okay. Now, we have, uh, as you had pointed out, we have a government that we're not sure about uh, in terms of protecting our citizens. And uh, right now, all over the United States, uh, these illegals are being uh, distributed in major cities, uh, a lot of uh, population areas. And there has been the uh, suggestions that they go into schools. Now, this, in order to be, um, in, in order to be, to prepare, we have to understand there's something that is very eerie. These illegals that are military age, they come in and they all, there's no fights. There's 120 countries represented who don't, who, it's very eerie that they're not fighting among each other, these, these boys, especially in a high stress situation where they're competing for food and shelter and all that. Go ahead. And boredom. Okay, this is very, very eerie. And I am saying to you, yeah. as, as someone who has such influence and, and wisdom, that we should not have this in our country, in sc- these people in the schools, because the schools could possibly be used in the most horrible way as human shields and therefore prevent our military, our police, from intervening in the event that these illegals are really... Uh, possibly recruits. Okay. Well, that's a very, very good point. Um, And it's a point that sort of becomes important as the numbers increase. So, I mean, if the number of students in a school is three in a class of 40 or two in a class or one in a class, or it's not a problem. 
uh, they're not going to be able to organize the school. They're not going to be able to uh, uh, do anything concerted there. But when those numbers start to get big and they become, uh, you know, a third of the class or half of the class, the issue you're raising is not a frivolous one at all. In the gym. They're going to be they're going to be housing them in the gym. Particularly, particularly since remember where they some of them come from China. Now, how do we know who China is sending here? Uh, we we assume that the people coming from China are the people fleeing communism. Doesn't have to be that way. China controls who gets out of China, and the cartels get a lot of money from China for fentanyl. The cartels control who comes in, and who's to say they're sending the good ones in? It could just be the opposite. Well, we'll be back right after this break. Excellent question, by the way. Paul always has excellent questions. We'll be right back with the mayor's final thoughts. Rudy Giuliani. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani back with the mayor's final thoughts. Brought to you by, sponsored by, Tunnel Two Towers, T2T.org. That is is an organization, uh, I hope that you know, takes care of our men and women in uniform when they are lost in the line of duty or become catastrophically injured. Uh, T2T is there immediately to help with paying off the mortgage, building the smart home if necessary. It's a wonderful organization. It carries out an obligation that we all have, and you're going to feel better when you make that $11 contribution. And if you can do more, even if you can do more certain months, you, you do it. Every penny you give them, it's going to be used to help our most important people, the ones who protect us. So my, my final thoughts uh, today are on the, are on the uh, report. The, uh, the, the report that was late... And pathetic, 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 pathetic. The, the reality is the crimes revealed were monumental. They, the Democrats, engaged in a five-year-long, I'm trying to think of the number of years, really, five or six-year-long, uh, attempt with several themes to it to uh, and all by illegal means to prevent uh, Donald Trump from being president. And then once he became president to remove him from the presidency uh, illegally based on falsified information. And then since then, they've done everything they can to keep the presidency from him with um Cases like Bragg's case, uh, the Georgia case. Here he is calling up the attorney general of Georgia and just asking him for fair treatment. I mean, he 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 believed uh, that there were uh, way more than 11,000 illegal votes in Georgia. And um, okay, okay. So he asked him, you can't find even 11,000? At the time, I would think, because I'm thinking of what I thought at the time, that he probably thought there were a couple hundred thousand. 
He has a right to have that opinion. He has a right to be wrong about it without trying to put him in jail. And then you, and then you got the other one. Would He didn't cause January 6th. You know that. And what is January 6th? What is it? I mean, they, they, they have destroyed the whole notion of January 6th by overdoing it. Of course, something was done wrong on January 6th. But now, uh, through the clouds of exaggeration, you can't find what was done wrong. Uh, it was an insurrection. Of course it wasn't an insurrection. They didn't have guns. It was worse than September 11. Nobody died but poor Ashley Babbitt. September 11, uh, thousand, we lost more on September 11 than Pearl Harbor. It was worse than Pearl Harbor. What? An attack that began the Second World War? They, they all said this, Schumer, Pelosi. Why would people believe them when they say things like that? And the one now, and this one, you, you, you have to know because you, you probably don't know this well enough. I saw the first contrary video the night of September 11. When I talk about Ashley Babbitt's murder, I first became suspicious that she was murdered about 6 o'clock in the afternoon on January 6th because of a contact that I had. I was one of the first to see the Sullivan film, which is a 45 to 50-minute film done by this Antifa member, John Sullivan. And I saw those police officers allow Antifa to break in. And why Ashley Babbitt was shot, but they were allowed to do it, there's not a good answer for that, other than a real murder one investigation. Something's getting covered up. God bless America. We'll be back with more on that and plenty more.